What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have Kyle Frazier from CrossFit James Island join, joining us. Already messed up once, got it out of the way. What's up, Kyle? How are you? Good, man. Really good. Yeah. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Excited to be here. So, James Island was kind of my... I grew up in James Island. I miss James Island now that I'm all the way over here on Daniel Island. Like you said, it took you 35 minutes to get 11 miles all the way over here, which is kind of... Crazy, right? It's a different city. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like... It might as well be Columbia, I swear, yeah. <laughs> sometimes. That's how, that's how it feels. So we know each other a little bit, uh, but I would love to kind of get your story. I mean, you've had... You definitely have one of the longer standing gyms in the area, right? Been around for a long time. Um, and there is a story there that I know a little bit about. Not a ton, but like how you, how you ended up here. Um, so... Go through it, man. Like, what What even got you into fitness in general? Like, when did that even start? Uh, so, fitness started when I was 16. Um, I took a weightlifting class in my high school. Um, and the guy was really smart about it. It was kind of gradual integration. He had us do a lot of body weight exercises for the first, like, five weeks. And then we got into more weightlifting type stuff. So you think anybody does that? That's like, I've heard that. You're probably the only person I've heard that before. Most youth athletes, it's like, how much weight can we put on the bar? And like, just letting them go to town almost immediately. It was so smart. Yeah. Um, Trevor Garvey was the guy's name. I still remember him. Um, but I hated it at the time because I was right. 16 and I was like, I'm in here for weightlifting. Right. He made trying to get huge, bro. Push-ups, pull-ups, body weight strengthening stuff. Yeah. And then we gradually got into weightlifting. Um, but like most people, when you're a young teenage guy and you are you know putting five pounds on your back squat every week it was just addicting i mean yeah right off the rip you realize you can kind of control how you look and how strong you are and for sports it was just you know exponential um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know ability to be faster and stronger and and do more than what you were just naturally equipped with so that's where it started um and then Lifted all through high school and then college. Went and played lacrosse in Hampton, Sydney, um, in Virginia. Okay. Um, and it kind of just continued through that. Um, I was lifting every summer, trying to get strong. I was lifting with uh, my best friend at the time. was a college football quarterback from Davidson College. Um, and we would just lift all summers. and Just the summer? So you would, like, in-season not so much? Well, or? so <clears throat> we would lift off-season. So we had fall ball in college. Um, that was, like, a month of practice in the fall. And we would lift all through that. We would lift all during the winter. And then during the springtime, it was games and practices. So we would lift early in the morning some days, but most of it was just maintenance at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're running three hours every afternoon, so it's really hard to maintain strength. Yeah. Um, and then the summers, it was kind of that time to rebuild, essentially. Um, so we concentrated most of it in the summers and winters um, with practice in the fall and spring. So, yeah. What kind of stuff would you guys do? Um, so my coach... At the time, Ray Rostan was like an old school New Jersey guy. Um, so his, and he was, you know, close to retiring at that age um, or when I was back in college. So his definition of weightlifting was a little bit different. Um, luckily, one of my good friends, Will Taylor, at the time got a hold of a UVA uh, tennis program and they were doing Olympic weightlifting, back squatting. Um, in tennis in tennis and that's so cool to think about like even now that's probably you know people listen to this well why would you need to lift weights for tennis like no that's pretty standard you know college you know arguably for amateur athletes or people who are just doing it for fun as well but sorry tirade no no, for sure I mean that's exactly right I mean college athletes and college strength trainers know that doing Olympic lifting and doing lifting in general is just going to increase how fast you are. Right. Um, explosiveness in tennis is super important. Explosiveness in lacrosse is important. So we got a hold of this template. I don't remember what the UVA um, strength and conditioning coach was at the time, but um, we started doing that program and it was our coach, luckily for us, was allowed us to do this on our own. So we had like six or seven guys that were doing that UVA tennis program and everybody else was just going into the gym and doing their three by five back squats and you know our coach 
he didn't really know any of the names for the list, so he would just come in and whistle while he was showing you, like, do some of these, some of these. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. We've all had a coach like that, I feel yeah, like. You yeah. just got to do this thing just here. Just some this, of these. This press thing, and yeah, okay, <laughs> thanks, coach. Um, and you just saw such a difference. Yes. Those six and seven guys that were doing that program were just exponentially stronger than the people who were doing the minimum. Um, and we just rolled with it. And what was different about it? Just more volume, more like more volume, intelligently programmed, more intent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a smart. Like, it was a college load, deload, like yeah. focus on this for a couple weeks, and then focus on you know those exactly. kinds of things. Okay. Um, so linear scale for a lot of the stuff because we're all somewhat beginner lifters in that stage, um, even in college when you're you know most kids didn't have a ton of high school experience. So when you say um, linear scale, like. Like ramping up, and, yeah. ramping up in weight each week, right? Yeah. So just progressive overload, um, and it just works. I mean, yeah. I slowly, right? Like, yeah. How many sure. pounds a week would you feel like to a let's just call it back squat or deadlift? Back squat, you're looking five to ten. Uh, deadlift, somewhere probably ten. Mm-hmm. Olympic snatches, that kind of thing, more like two and a half, five pounds. I mean, just gradual, small. Oh, we're snatching too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah we're snatching and, and kind of self-taught with that stuff. That's the thing. As I wish I could go back and see videos from back then. Yeah, there's sure no YouTube back was then, was there? Terrible. I don't know no. how old you are. I think we're yeah. about similar age. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated in 2008, so okay, I'm 34. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or going to be 34. Yep. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of YouTube. I'm sure it was an amazing snatch. Are you kidding beautiful. me? I'm sure yeah. just you dropped right under that bar. Yeah. Like, it was nothing. <laughs> Overhead position was just solid. The thing I remember is when I was first teaching snatches, too, when I didn't know any better, I had a straight bar path. So it was just straight up and down. There was no coming into the hip. There was yeah. no keeping the bar closed. So I guess it, that's better than going out in, like, a, yeah, you know, yeah. in a rainbow style. Sure. I appreciate you giving me that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have been probably horrified to see what we were doing at that time. Um but still, I mean, we didn't, luckily none of us got injured. Um, yeah. Was, you were still using your hips. And, yeah. And what I think key with that is, and it's just something to mention now, is obviously form matters, right? Just kind of what we talked about. But yeah. like what matters more is progressive overload and intelligently programming and, and programming with intent. Yeah. You know, like, you know, somebody comes in, just like I mean, most people, like they, they may not have the perfect deadlift or the perfect snatch or whatever, and that's not going to get better in three seconds anyway, you know, just probably, you know, this is a coach. Like if I can cue one really good thing and that thing is solid, you know, and I can get that in a couple weeks, perfect. And then I can start layering more stuff. Like the biggest thing is, yeah, just like, let's just be really smart about, Hey, let's do body weight for five weeks. Hey, let's just only add load when you start to feel better and, and things don't totally fall apart. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the caveat even with Trevor's program in high school was that we were all kind of stuck in that program and we had to be there every afternoon so he could tell us exactly like we're doing body weight and then we're going to go to lifting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with adults now, it's a little bit more difficult almost because they're paying to be there uh, and they want to go to the heavy stuff or go to the, you know, more complicated movements right away and, and try to talk them off that ledge is, you know. Something that we have to go through. Yeah, it's now, challenging. So. Unfortunately, sometimes they're adults too. It's like, all right, like I told you this, you know, you can go do it that way, but guess what? And yeah. this is what I say to a lot of people. It's like, yeah, you can go there and you can go put a bunch of weight on the bar, but I guarantee you your ceiling, right? Like how much you can lift in two years or a year or maybe even six months, six months down the road yeah. is going to cap out a lot earlier if you don't just peel back and like fix these things now. You're going to fix them at some point. Yeah. You're going to fix them when you're like, why can't I lift more than this? Well, it's because you probably need to improve your positioning and your form. You're probably going to lift better this well, way. Well, we tell all our I new told, athletes. I told now, you so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've heard that it takes 300 repetitions to make a, a, a pattern, a movement pattern, and it takes 3,000 to rid that pattern. So if you establish... What a great statistic. Who knows if that's true? It's probably knows? made up. But, the, but it gets to the point across. Yeah. I think the idea is right, though. For sure. Yeah. They talk about that with fighters, like UFC fighters. Like yeah. if you were taught in a bad gym, you are always, as you fatigue, going to go back to bad technique. And I think it's the same with CrossFit athletes. You know, if you whatever your starting technique is and however good your coach is when you're first learning, you better hope they're good because... If you learn it the wrong way for a year, year and a half, mm-hmm. trying to change that pattern is brutal. Yep. Um, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, so we tell people, I'm like, I know it feels silly now to be using just a bar, but you know, in a year from now when you're still able to progress, it's going to be great. If a year from now you, you, know, you add weight too quickly and you had poor technique, you're going to be spending the next two or three years just trying to undo that technique and forget about adding weight or anything like that because it's always just going to be your default, basically. Yeah. Um, so... 
yeah. pain in the butt. It is yeah. a pain in the butt. Yeah. So you're in college doing a you know consistent weightlifting program, getting stronger. What? How does that evolve from there? What did you go to college for? Uh, I went to college for economics and commerce, business okay. degree. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. My kind of idea was to get into college and, and see whatever classes I was excited about and kind of stick with that. Um, and economics classes just stuck out for me immediately. It was Sounds no, terrible, but good for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was biology, right? There like, you go. Gross. Yeah, like, yeah no, exactly. Same excited. thing for me. Yeah. Biology, I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, economics classes I was just fascinated by. Um, as far as the exercise goes, I mean, college sports, I mean, you're just kind of a pressure cooker. You know, you get in as a freshman, you're at the bottom of the totem pole, and then the idea is to kind of work your way up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a soccer player growing up, so my hand-eye coordination was decent, but not awesome. I was definitely better at footwork. Um, so my ticket to being on the team was to be bigger and stronger and faster. For lacrosse. Like, for lacrosse. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my stick skills were not going to make me the best attackman of all time, yeah. um, and I wasn't going to be scoring, you know, ten goals a game. I was going to be on the defensive side and pushing people around. So um, that kind of clicked for me. Like this is my this is my way of of making it onto the team. So um, cool. I, you know, like I said, when summers came around, I was lifting a lot and working out. With my my buddy who was the college football player and. Um, and I just realized, you know, I'd come off a season at 185, and through the summers, I would get up to 215, 220. So by the time fall hit, I was usually about 220 pounds. Um, Big. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My sophomore year, um, I was, I think, 220, and then junior year, 220, and then uh, I think senior year, I was maybe a little lighter at 215. Um, but nutrition was a big part of that. Um, nutrition kind of came into play. My freshman year when I got a little chunky. Um, <laughs> freshman 15, man. Yeah. It's a real thing, 15, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I talked about it on the podcast. It was Mr. Real. Uh, yeah. Not that long ago, but I was drinking a lot of white Russians and eating a lot of white ice cream. White Russians? Ooh, yeah. What? I don't know why. I don't That's know That's so why. random. It's like a big You and the dude thing. from the Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, white Russians at night and ice cream. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. I was trying to like put on weight. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, God, I remember this conversation in college. We're in the cafeteria. I went to CFC. And this like skinny guy, you may not remember this. You remember that uh, cartoon King of the Hill? Oh yeah. yeah. Remember who Boomhauer was? Mm-hmm. You know, be like, hey, I'm gonna jump, join on, man. You know what I mean? You could never understand what he was saying. Yeah. We had a guy who was exactly like that. He, he was person. from like somewhere in the upstate, and like you couldn't understand what he said. And his name yeah. was Boomhauer. This one day, I did understand what he said. He was like, he was just eating as much food. He's like, dude, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna eat as much food as um, possible. I'm gonna get really fat, and I'm gonna turn the fat into muscle. You know, and every fiber of his being believed that that was true. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Until, like, yeah, there. <laughs> I think all of us kind of thought that that at some point, just like bulk just up, bulk up. Right? Just bulk up, which. Um, I don't know if yeah. you remember the GoMad diet. Do you ever were you no. for that? No. So, GoMad was a gallon of milk a day. Mm. Uh, so, I've heard that, though. Yeah. Yes. Um, if you chug it all at once, too, I heard, like, the protein <laughs> goes straight to your biceps That's and pecs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the same kind of idea. I mean, just pound on a ton of food and, and yeah. hoping that kind of works out for the best. Um, but Bro science, man. Yeah. Yeah, not the best idea. I remember my dad and I were riding to soccer practice one morning, and I called my friend. We were kind of going back and forth and wait, you know, and I was like, oh, man, I just hit 220. And he said he, said he was on speakerphone, and my dad was like, heard my friend say, well, that's good, I guess. You know, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be too good. You know? <laughs> right. Um, it's all relative. But when I, I, that freshman year, I came back and I was way too heavy for spring. Um, I was probably like 225 and not not in the best shape. I had started lifting, but not, um, we didn't have that tennis program yet. So it was just kind of um, whatever we could get our hands on at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and my coach called me out in the middle of our practice and, and told me I was basically too fat. Uh, I said Christmas break was not good for Kyle Frazier. Oh, gosh. Um, and then I started eating meat and veggies, um, one entree meat and one salad. And, you know, that's pretty basic information, I feel like. Uh, yeah. It's and, like start there and then, you know, okay. And then, yeah. Add then, a little more meat. Add yeah. a little more salad. <laughs> exactly. Add a gallon of um, milk. Eggs for breakfast. and white I was doing, yeah, yogurt, granola. I mean, anything's yeah. better than white Russians and ice cream. So. Yeah. That combo um, is pretty solid. Though. It was. I didn't have to it try that now be, at yeah. some point. I've never, yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to pass out, that's a good way to yeah, do it. Yeah, it's a lot of dairy. <sighs> yeah, it was a lot. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where it excelled from. Uh, I graduated from college and... 
Um, didn't want to get fat, so I did P90X for 90 days. Oh, man. Who didn't do P90X? Let's be honest. Tony like, some, Yeah. My, it was great. Yeah. I've done a few of those workouts. I never, like, my wife bought the DVDs, and I had to, like, I remember testing her for some of those things. But, uh, yeah, it was, I think everyone had some. Oh, yeah. That was probably the start of, like, I, I'm sure CrossFit was around, but I hadn't heard of it. But I feel like that was the, when... Interval training and high intensity training, like muscle started confusion. Yeah, muscle and confusion. muscle confusion yeah, started because where it was just constantly different. You know, it's not like bodybuilding styles. Like that, I feel like that was the beginning of it. That's yeah. when it was starting to get sprinkled in. For sure, I, I guess CrossFit's what two thousand five is that when something like that. Like Pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was two thousand eight, um, and then my buddy told me about CrossFit. I did the ninety days, and I was like, so I, I'm usually around two hundred five, two ten, and I got down to like one eighty five again. I was just super skinny. Um, and that's not a good look for a guy with a shaved head. Um, yeah. So, um, my buddy told me about CrossFit and I actually did it on my own for a year and a half. Um, like did the workouts from the main site? Yeah. Yeah. Workouts from the main site. Um, looked at videos on the old CrossFit.com page. I don't know if you ever saw that. There was a ton of videos on there. Yeah. I've heard. I, I, yeah. yeah it was just it. super old school. So we used to go watch videos of Greg and Munson. I don't know if you yep. ever oh, yeah. the, the original fire breather mm-hmm. doing like heavy Fran with kettlebells wrapped around his waist and stuff. And <laughs> I remember like showing my dad and my brother and I'd be like, look at this guy. This is awesome. Wasn't like, he the one like doing supinated kipping pull-ups? Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like just... just cranking him he was uh, yeah he was a monster he still is a monster from what i understand yeah um but yeah i mean i was getting super into it and uh i did it on my own like that for i was working at my old high school so i was doing it in a little like they had like a tiny little freeway basement that had weights in it so i would mm-hmm. do crossfit on my own there and then um, i moved to roanoke and bought a set of bumper plates and i was doing it on my front porch there for another year before um brick house crossfit opened up and that was my first box box so, okay um, yeah. That's so. awesome. Yeah. And then how, how long did it take you to make the transition and be like, all right, I want to start teaching other people how to be fit and healthy. So I found out about Brickhouse CrossFit. Um, it was supposed to be an all women's CrossFit, which I didn't know. I just emailed them. As soon as I found out there was one opening up in Virginia, run Virginia, I was like, yeah, I'm in. So I emailed them saying like, I was poor college kid, 20 or not just out of college to so 23. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't afford to be a member at your gym, but I would love to help coach. Um, I've got some experience coaching, um, kind of gave my background and, um, I met with them like a week later and I think I signed up for my level one within the month and yeah, just started working with them. We were in a and time- it was all women's. No, no, they no. changed their business plan. They had such okay. a interest from the Roanoke community that they've, they just, yeah, I've never heard of all women's or anything like that. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Um, was that a thing back in the day? Or something? I guess. I don't yeah, know. It's well, still kind of a thing. If you talk to girls, there's like lots of little like women's groups and CrossFit. True, but a lot of only gym. Like, hey, it's a women's only gym. Yeah, like Curves almost. I think Curves is all Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I've never been in Curves. So no. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they ended up, yeah, like I said, junking that idea. Um, and I coached for them for two years okay. um, I was working for Morgan Stanley at the time in finance and mm-hmm. so I would get but up but you love that oh yeah yeah yeah. I would get up do my workout before Morgan Stanley go to work for Morgan Stanley during the day and then I coached two night classes every night for like two years yeah that's hustling that's yeah. a lot yeah at the that's time I didn't think like yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I was just getting out of college so if you're you know a student and an yeah. athlete you're pretty much working all the time anyway and yeah you do your homework and eat dinner and go to sleep yeah and, I had the same thing out of grad school. I was, I worked for the school system, and then I had a part time job, like originally in Somerville. So it was like really early. It was like six to three. Left there, did the second job where I saw like two or three patients in the afternoon in like a private facility, and then I was a runner. I'd go run, eh, ten miles after that, and be done at like nine o'clock and eat and go to bed. And it was like, I was like the best life ever. It was like so simple and <laughs> nothing else going. Yeah, just like work, work out. You know, one yeah. lifting day, one run day, and just back and forth. This is. I was always lifting, but never CrossFit style. So, whenever like compound lifts, I was bodybuilding or whatever. Yeah. Wasting my time drives me crazy, but it's fine. It was better than not double negative. Better than not doing nothing. Sure. You know, yeah, not yeah. lifting a weight at all. But most of my friends went that route. I mean, they graduated from college and decided to stop. And you're like, well, that's not gonna, you know, extrapolate that after ten years and see what happens. It's not yeah. gonna be good. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you, oh man, we've had a few incidences, me and my wife, of, I mean, like, oh, I remember you, and like, you don't even recognize some oh, people, yeah. you know, it's like, you are, we didn't, like, 
different are you different human like what happened you know like (laughs) wow the years of not yeah 20 years of non-exercise sedentary lifestyle and you saw somebody who was like you know uh used to lift weights with you when you're in high school or used to run with yeah it seems to be a thing among college athletes i don't know what what the burnout reason is Mm -hmm. but people just get burnt out of working out and it's also just sheer statistics like despite you know we're both in bubbles i was talking about this to somebody else we're both probably in bubbles like you own a gym i own a you know physical therapy facility so the yeah. people we surround ourselves with are going to like health and fitness and not a lot but like still 60 percent of people are overweight 40 percent of people are clinically obese like the majority of people are just that like it's just bottom line statistics yeah. i don't care college athlete i i would i would still think it's less but it's still probably going to be a big number. It's probably still four to ten college athletes probably choose not to exercise. Yeah. Or maybe it is more. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'd be no curious idea. to see what the swing is. Like they get out of college and there's like a there's got to be a huge dip in like how much they're working out, and then yeah. it probably picks back up after like five years because the yeah, I was just telling my little brother this. I have a brother that's eight years younger, and he he stopped working out over the last couple of years. But when you get back into it and you've built that that base of muscle and you know how to strength train, going back to it is way easier than being 30 or 40 years old and having not ever done true, it. True, true. Your body remembers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be curious to see what the, the drop-off is when college athletes finish college and then when they start exercising yeah. again. I think the problem is they've been told. So I played soccer in high school. Injured myself. Who knows if I would have played in, in college regardless, but injured myself and couldn't. Had three uh, kneecap dislocations, so Ooh. there was no way to do that. Yeah. And so I just started working out on my own. So I kind of learned how to work out on my own. If you go all the way through college and then you start life and you've never had to go to the gym on your own without your friends or without a program, I'm assuming that's just a tough transition oh, yeah. to make. Like That's why I think... CrossFit and some of those things. You don't have to think about it. You just go in, do the workout, see you later. Like, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Well, I've never been in a situation where I've had to work out in a Globo gym either. Um, it just hasn't worked out that way for me. Like yeah. College, high school athletics, you had a gym. College athletics, you had a gym. I get out of college. I work out on my own. I had a gym. Also, I worked at my high school for six months. I had a gym there. And then I bought my own equipment. And then I worked at a CrossFit gym and then I opened up a CrossFit gym. So I've yeah. never had the But you've worked gym. out on your on your own before. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would equivalent that. That's kind of like just being able to just kind of self soothe, so to speak, during a workout. Even that, even yeah. working out on my own seems a heck of a lot easier than going into a Globo gym where people are just it's it's weird in there. I mean, they're just staring <laughs> at you. I mean, you're, you're like awkwardly in silence waiting for people to like stop using machines so you can use the machine. Yeah, yeah. Like I would rather work out on my own. Any day than having to go into that scenario and yeah. feeling like you're walking by everybody like you're going to kill them or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, it seems bizarre. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Globo Gym. Yeah. Like, we had a practice there, my insurance based practice, and I just, that's where I worked out until I started CrossFit maybe four years ago. And so I still feel kind of at home there. Like, you put your headphones you on, you kind of zone out, and like, it's honestly just really the intensity level. It's very difficult to sure. wrap that up in a global gym because of those reasons, for sure. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, and also just people are, you know, in a CrossFit gym, you're just trying to catch everybody and everyone's doing the same thing. And like, you usually have people stronger and faster than you. So yeah. it's motivating enough. But there is something about it, too. It's, it's really good. I think it's really good mental therapy because, again, your headphones are on, you're just kind of like zoned out for yeah. an hour and a half. That's why I did enjoy it because it was like one hour of the day where like, I work with people a lot too, and sometimes when you do that, you kind of just need where nobody's talking to you. Yeah. And if you have your headphones on, uh, typically, although it does definitely does happen, where people will not talk to you. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. There's some stuff. I'm thinking about going back with the O2 just open up there. I saw that. Yeah. So I'm thinking about um, maybe just for like two or three months, just to like go in there and just like go hang out over there. Maybe for marketing purposes, maybe just oh, to get something yeah. different. For just like check it out, you know, and just like see what I can do in a, you know, uh, a different facility and just see if I still like it or maybe I absolutely hate it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think the, you can definitely get motivated like that, but I'm sure you would agree with this. I mean, you own a gym, across the gym. It's just, you're going to get more results when you're around a group of people who are kind of doing the same thing or you have some form and semblance of a coach. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a one-on-one personal trainer, but somebody who's just like leading the team. Yeah. You know. Find your tribe of people and and just show up. I always I talk about I've been talking about this a lot lately. Basically, when you join a CrossFit gym, you're basically outsourcing 
that part of your life. Yes. You know, you find a, tr- a coach that you trust. You trust that they're going to be watch you do your technique safely, make sure all your lifts are good, do the programming for you, and you're basically just outsourcing that entire part of your life, and you just have to show up at the gym, and that is all you have to learn. Um, and I think that makes a big difference um, for a lot of people. I mean, we just don't have a lot of bandwidth, you know? Yeah. I've already talked about this once, but you might appreciate this, like kind of a work-life balance kind of thing, and like I'm going to mess it up because it's been too long I've talked about it, but there's like four different burners, like burners on an oven. Oh, yeah, I've heard this before. You had this before? Uh-huh. I think it's James Clear does this. Yeah, one's yeah. friends, one's family, one's like fitness and health, and one's work. Oh, yeah. I got it right. And not, not all the burners can be on at the same time, so you can either choose to not even focus on those or you can choose to outsource them, right? Yeah. So like, hey, I can't cook every day, so I'm going to go – you know, to clean eats and they're going to do it for me or I'm going to, I don't know, get a chef, whatever, right? Oh, I can't uh, program my own workouts. Like I need to just go to a CrossFit gym. All I have to do is show up, do the workout, and then I leave. I don't have to, nothing, right? So, you know, you can outsource a ton of things and it's really probably very intelligent to do that. For those people like, I don't have enough time, you know, or I can't do this. Well, what can you outsource in order to, you know, make the time to do that. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, what I talk about too, we've, we have, uh, you know, I have business meetings each week and we talk about like each week you have to come up and give a 60 second spiel on like what your business is and why it's, you know, it is the way it is. And that's one thing I talk about is if you're a client trying to like, get into exercising, there's a lot of parts of that hour or half an hour that you want to incorporate, like a good warm up, a good cool down, a strength training component to it, maybe some conditioning here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you watch people go and work out on their own, a warm up is probably not happening, um, or it's not going to be sufficient enough. Um, you know, walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Um, as far as flexibility or stretching goes, no chance, uh, that people are going to stop once they finish their workout and stretch for 10 minutes on their own. That part is going to get pushed by the wayside. Um, pushing yourself really hard. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're doing it by yourself, there's no chance that you're going to do, you know, a really hard workout and actually give it everything you got compared to coming into a class with 10 people that are also doing the same workout. Um, so I feel like every part of it, once you outsource that component is easier on the client yeah. and, and probably better. In a lot yeah. Of ways, it's a no brainer. Sure. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Especially for people who are actually motivated to do it. It's probably not a no brainer for somebody who just wants to half ass it and don't, you know, yeah. Not do the whole entire workout, right? You just want to go in and literally do some bicep curls and be on a treadmill and then leave, which is fine. Hey, it's like I said before, it's better than nothing. It is absolutely But, than you know, you're going to have to level up at some point if you really want more of those benefits or... Or just not get bored either. Yeah, um, I'd be pretty bored doing that. Do you like Atomic Habits, James Clear? Did you read I, that book? Well, I've only read parts of it. Okay. Yeah, but that was actually a blog post that someone sent me oh, okay. from that. Yeah. No, I've learned a lot of stuff just from – he's also got like a website and like yeah. so just updates on the mailing list. His book just came out not that long ago. Um, it's probably been less than a year, Atomic Habits, but it's really good. Yeah. Oh, um, I've I'm heard. in the middle of listening to it right now. Okay. Um, Audible's the best. Yeah. He's uh, He was just on Rich Roll's podcast also. That was pretty Okay. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Seems like an alcohol guy. Definitely a CrossFitter. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. You don't hear him talk about it specifically. I've heard him say the word CrossFit before. Yeah. But you can just tell by the way he he talked about, like, wearing knee sleeves and having wrist wraps, you know? Yeah. You see that stuff outside of CrossFit, but not that much. Pretty rare. Yeah. And he talks about finding your tribe, you know? Like, if if you want to build better habits, surround yourself with people that have those habits. And we are, we humans, I mean, we, you know, imitate everything. Yeah. Um, You know? We imitate people's habits. There's a reason that your mom didn't want you hanging out with that kid in high school that was, yeah. you know, a bad influence because you're just going to pick up on some of it. Yeah, it's tribe mentality. I mean, it's just, you know, we're, whatever you say, like, that's just, there's a big part of our DNA or subconscious or whatever that's going to lead towards that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so you're doing coaching for two years. Somehow you end up in Charleston, South Carolina at CrossFit James Allen. So yeah. So let us know how that, you know, give us the... A bridge version or whatever, if it's a long story. Uh, Best friend in Roanoke, Virginia. We met coaching at the CrossFit gym there. Um, He was just getting out of the Army. Chris Hall is his name. He's the other owner of CrossFit James Island. Um, He's just getting out of the Army. I'm tired of working in finance every day. Um, And I started applying to jobs in California. I was looking into fitness. I just knew I wanted to have either be in fitness in some way or have a company that was fitness-minded. So I didn't mind going work for a software company if 
you know, they outsourced, like, brought in yoga teachers to teach during the day. And, sure. You know, like... You, know. you just knew it wanted to be a big part of your life. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't want it to be not a part of my life. Yeah. Um, and so we decided one day to just, maybe we should just open up a CrossFit gym. Um, and Chris and I were both single at the time, so we were like, well, where do we want to live? Um, the beach sounds nice. So we looked at, like, Wilmington, Florida... Um, Charleston and I had a friend uh, from high school that had a, a good real estate agent that was down here and he's like I can hook you guys up you guys can go look at some spaces if you want to go visit um, that was 2011 we visited for Halloween in 2011 we saw a bunch of places on Friday evening um, this the location that we're in now was the last place he showed us um, the first two places one was next to an adult daycare center which obviously is not going to work with loud music. Yep. Um, and then the second place was next to a school of massage therapy, uh, also not going to work with like loud music. And then the last place he showed us was the building we're in now, 3,000 square foot space. We pulled into a, a, a industrial park with yep. gravel parking lot. Uh, gravel yeah. parking yeah. lot. There's boats outside. There's chains. There's you know pallet wood. I mean, especially in 2011. I mean, every CrossFit gym. It's not like how it is now, where you're seeing some more of the high end facilities. Yeah, more yeah. of like boutique like gyms mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. Um, no, this is exactly what a 26 year old or two 26 year olds are looking for in a gym. All um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we've just yeah totally brought out here all this day. I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. Do some deadlifts on some chains next to a boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, honestly, we couldn't even see inside the building at that time. We just saw the outside of it, um, and then later we got pictures of it. So we kind of like had our hard set on that spot. That was October. We moved in January of 2012 and opened in April of 2012. Okay. Um, so it was a pretty quick turnaround um, from October to to April. Um, yeah. To open up a new business and and just roll with it. Yeah. What, um, what kind of changes have you seen since 2012? I'm also like really curious. I mean, you've obviously weathered, been up and down multiple storms or yeah. whatever, however you want to say it. But um, in terms of like the fitness industry or in terms of the gym, just yeah, all anything. the above. Yeah, um, anything, anything that maybe the comes out at you. I'm just more my own intellectual curiosity. Yeah. yeah. Well, CrossFit gyms are kind of tribal in their own sense. Um, you know, everybody's got their like gym pride and what gym they go to and what coach they like. And um, so it's been interesting seeing that. that. There's just interesting social dynamics to go into running a gym and, and seeing people come and go. And It's an understatement that there's a lot of social dynamics that goes along with that, especially you have younger people and you know what I mean? They all hang out and there's going to be, there's every CrossFit gym, which I know I have a pretty good relationship with I would say all of them here yeah. around here and there's, there's all, there's just, I mean, it's just gonna, drama. you know, tribes and yeah, yeah. tribes and drama are going <laughs> to probably go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to just manage it as best you can. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, it's actually been really good. We've kind of been a little bit out of the bubble. Um, there's, but there were maybe like six or seven CrossFit gyms when we first moved here and that was it. I think there's like 20 something. Yeah. Um, CrossFit Integrity was the one closest to us. CrossFit Discovery downtown. They were kind of equidistant away. Um, and that was it. Um, we had another CrossFit gym, CrossFit Wapu, moved on to James Island. Yeah. They were, they were there for a couple of years. I love Laura and Keen. They were yeah. awesome. Yeah. Super nice. Yep. Um, never had any issues with them. Um, everybody's been, you know, we've yeah. never really had a poor issue with any of the CrossFit gyms in town. Yeah. Um, but it's been interesting to see that dynamic change. Um, yeah. It's definitely changed where it's, there's much more kumbaya togetherness now than there definitely was even when I first started made to move three years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. And that part's been cool. Um, yeah. You know, I talked about this before. It's it's exercise. I mean, at the end of the day, it's funny to think about there being any kind of like tribal dynamics or drama in that sense, because we are all just trying to get a little bit healthier. Yeah, um, but so, we're humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah, that's gonna um, happen. But from like a from an exercise standpoint, things have changed a lot. Also, CrossFit was kind of like the name of the game when I first opened the gym in 2012. Um, it was still on the rise. I mean, 2008 was like kind of a big year 2009 it started kind of ramping up and then mm -hmm. even through 2012 we saw a lot of growth um and there was just nothing else like it there was no orange theory um right group fitness was kind of non-existent yeah, yeah. you had gold's yeah. gym and you had yoga studios yeah probably yoga studios. you know even those have taken off yeah a lot more and you had um, group fitness like within some of these big global gyms whether it was like bar class and taibo i think stuff like that was around maybe yeah. around that time but yeah nothing like what is now which more community tribe based we'll call it yeah yeah um so that, that part's been kind of cool to see mm -hmm. um and one thing i've liked about 
CrossFit in general is that I've always told people when I find something better, I'll go and switch. You know, like I'm not married to this idea that CrossFit is the end all be all. Um, I think that there's potential for improvements or you know movement changes or maybe we find out that something's not beneficial to do for 15 years and maybe we need to shift things shift gears up a little bit um so it's been interesting to see things like orange theory come into play and and um, high low fitness um, you know just different takes on f45 different takes on high intensity training and yeah and what people think is good or not good yeah i mean if Different strokes for different folks, right? Sure. No matter what. And <clears throat> obviously you really enjoy the CrossFit stuff. And, and I'm on the same way. It's like when you find something better, like I think with any training modality or any commercialized thing, you're going to get some things good, some things bad. You know, and I've talked about this multiple times and I'll continue to say it again and again. The thing that CrossFit does well that most other, we'll call it big versions of franchise, whether it's Orange Theory and things like that, just don't incorporate very heavy lifting. And yeah. like that is just, we just know it's essential. Like to maintain muscle mass, you know, and sarcopenia, right? As you get older, which people don't know, as you get older, you, you know, <clears throat> there's this myth, it's a myth that you lose muscle mass as you get older. And it's really just that you don't naturally produce more muscle mass. But you can actually gain muscle mass until your 70s, 80s if you do. Stick with it. Stick with it and do progressively overload. Like sure. the body will continue to adapt and get stronger no matter what you do, unless you have some sort of like serial muscular dystrophy, right? But besides yeah. that, you have no excuse. You can train and get stronger. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I really think CrossFit does really well, which is that progressive overload, right? It's very difficult to do that if you don't have hundreds of pounds, you know? And even for this seven year old, I mean, my mom's in her. 50s or 60s so bad sorry mom love you Not exact age but you know she's you know deadlifting pressing snatching right and and doing it with significant amounts of weight that you typically cannot find at other gyms no. right you know no. at least not in this group kind of tri you know, tribe setting I'm trying yeah. to stick on that word yeah. so that's i mean i agree with you to be perfectly honest in, in that regard 100 percent. like yeah. you just need to pick up something heavy like Probably it's, two to three times a week. Yeah. Like, sorry if you're not doing that. Start doing it right now. I don't care. You don't have to go across the gym. Just do it somewhere. Do it safely and progressively overload it. One of the things, talking about like older clients, um, that's something we've seen change also. Um, I've got a seven-year-old, two seven-year-olds in the gym. You start to see, you're starting to see a little bit more of an older crowd than maybe I did initially. Um, the oldest clients, I think, when we were first starting, were like in their 40s and 50s. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that shift gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. Still not a lot. Um, I was having a conversation with my one of my oncologists, and he was, you know, talking about people discounting the future um, and people having certain physical skills that they take for granted. And he was saying, I, I can't tell you how many ca cancer patients I've seen. Um, that's their, they don't have good healthy habits, they don't eat right, they don't do any kind of lifting. They've been able to get up and get off a chair for their entire lives. And then one day they go to sit on the toilet and they cannot get up anymore. And like- They don't understand why. They don't understand why. And, and this is something that's gotta be terrifying. And especially it's gotta be terrifying when it happens to you. Um, but that is ultimately something to look out for. If you don't have, if you're not strength training, you're not doing any kind of exercise, at some point, things are going to go poorly, and it may be at the sacrifice of your independence, which sounds awful. Um, I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I, I like. I'm very upfront now. I'm the, the older I get, and the more I'm in it, the bolder I get. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how do you want to feel when you're 90? You want to be stuck in a wheelchair? No. Okay. Cool. We got to do these things. Yeah. You choose to, or you choose not to. I'm not saying that's. It's not a guarantee, but it's definitely going to be a lot more likely if sure. you don't. You know. Put a weight in your hands and then sit in a chair and stand back up, which is basically just a squat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so we can do that and we can make sure that it never, you know, happens to you barring some sort of traumatic incident. You know, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather inoculate myself to those kinds of things and iron plate my body, you know, and make it stronger. And but yeah, what do you think of uh, CrossFit's change of? theme I guess I mean, you're starting to see a lot of older people in the yeah I've heard that and I've seen some of those videos yeah. you know um, it remains to be seen you know this is I've had this conversation the other day Glassman 
you know, has to be some version of a genius. Just how he put those things together and how intelligently he did it. And like, it wasn't anything new. He just packaged it in a really cool way. Yeah. Right? And probably when that first happened, people looked at it and be like, no way. This doesn't make sense. Nobody's going to do this. Yeah. Why would I ever, you know, do 21, 15, 9 of something until I almost died? Doesn't make any sense. And then now we're looking at this and these videos. And my first thought is like, nobody's going to, like, Nobody cares about that. They want to see somebody who's ripped do it, right? Yeah. That's only because that's what we've been fed our entire lives, right? And so he's changing that. And so part of me thinks like maybe he's just doing his evil genius thing again. Maybe he just got lucky the first time. He's not going to be lucky this second. There's, it remains to be seen. Yeah. You know, I love anything that's going to bring awareness to people who don't have good medical information, right? Yeah. So right now he's really passionate about that too. Like, you know, don't drink... Don't drink Coca-Cola, right? Like, we know that, but I bet you a lot of people truly don't understand what it's doing to their health and how bad it is. They're like, eh, it's not that bad. No, like, it's probably freaking killing you. Like, it's slowly poisoning you. Yeah. Like, people hear that and they look, they kind of roll their eyes like, no, it's, sorry, it's true. Like, it tastes really good and you can drink a certain amount of it, but if you drink more and more and more and if you continue to increase that, you're, you know, you will die from heart disease or diabetes. So, like, it's poison yeah. however you look at it. And so... I like anything that's going to bring more awareness to that. And it's, it's a battle, right? Because it's just that's one against millions who, who think it's totally different. So, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm for it. I don't know. You know, yeah. you're just going to have to, you're going to have to break the blend. You're going to have to break the mold. Sure. You know, somehow. And so, anybody, I think it's going to take something totally different like that. And it remains to be seen if that catches on like anything else. I mean, obviously, it's somewhat working because you're seeing more 70-year-olds in gyms. I see them more. In Robert's gym here, yeah, you know, across the Discovery on Dana, like I see him at a lot of in a lot of gyms, a lot more. So, cool, it's working. The doctor side of it was pretty interesting. So CrossFit is now paying for doctors to go through the level yep. one. So I mean, paying they're letting them do it for free, but it's a thousand dollars, sir. Yeah, I went to it. I mean, gifting yeah. to doctors, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, that certainly has got to play a little bit of a part in why you're seeing an older generation come in. Um, I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down for the shift, and um, you know I, I think that I think that you can swing in either direction. I think Glassman swung real hard back to the older population, and and the videos like it looks like a lot of these videos were shot in like was it Ro- Roseanne Roxanne Roseanne the old TV show? Yeah, like, yeah, it looks Roseanne's like, like in her bedroom, right? They're like yeah. pressing uh, you know orange juice overhead. <laughs> you know they're doing a you know they're getting on the floor and getting back up next to. You know, it looks like Al Bundy's couch. Yeah, it looks terrible. You know? Like, we have not swung that far, right. maybe, in that direction. Maybe have an older person with yep. a, you know, milk jug. I think that's great. Maybe yeah. just in a nice room. Uh, right. No. No. But we'll be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is You true. know? This so, there's, there's some, yeah, there's some evil genius behind it. Or it might just push certain people away. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. People who like CrossFit like CrossFit. They're not going to really care what's going on at the main site. They care what's going on in their gym yeah. locally. You know, it's all like, oh, man, I saw that video. One of your members like, no, I'm going to quit this gym just because those videos are terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Nothing so, like that for sure. Yeah. Um, you have those people who complain about that stuff. That's fine. Yeah. There's yeah. people who complain about everything, though. That's true. They'll always find a way. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean... Here's the thing to go back to what you just said about the doctors doing their level ones. Like, I was talking to a doc the other day who's really interested in that. And, like, you know, what we've done is definitely from a physical therapy standpoint, and, you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, like, we're definitely more strength conditioning, load-minded. Where you typically go to another physical therapist, they may not be that way. Like, you look in our facility it's completely different yeah. so i want to see doctors make that transition as well because Absolutely. we still understand that i feel like there's two paths right now in the medical system one path is you're going to go to your general uh practitioner and you're more than likely going to get some sort of pharmaceutical very very uh minimal if any advice about diet and exercise and at most is probably a 10 minute conversation, right? You can choose to kind of go that path, which to, I don't know what the likelihood of success is, but it's probably not great, yeah. you know? And then you got this other path where you can kind of choose to go another route, which would be like, we'll just call it, we'll call it the CrossFit route, just for lack of a better term, where you're going to, hey, I'm going to make these lifestyle changes. I'm going to go find a nutritionist. I'm going to go find a CrossFit coach. And if we can now have 
practitioners like us as physical therapists, doctors who are like-minded in that. And you can actually go get medical advice from a doctor who's in a CrossFit gym and then a physical therapist who can help rehabilitate you and, and with the goal of getting into a CrossFit gym, like I think that's a game changer. So I love, which is an understatement, that direction of that CrossFit thing. Going. Oh, yeah. And I hope that catches fire. You know, I think it's going to be really, really hard, but I hope it does. And I definitely see it budding. Yeah. You know, it's just the, the follow through is going to be really hard. That's yeah. just going to be re- like most doctors don't care. No, right? they don't no. like they just they don't see. They look at that and be like, nah, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's going to work. But, you know, uh, nobody's going to do it. Maybe that's a better, uh, you know. We've got three physicians at the gym. One's an ER doctor, one's an oncologist, and one's a pathologist. So two of them are seeing – one of them seeing a cancer cancer patients, which are kind of in a rough spot. You know, mm-hmm. even prescribing exercise is difficult at that point. Once you have cancer, it's, you know, depending on what stage it is. The other's an ER physician, so he's just seeing people that are coming in with accidents. And the other one's a pathologist, and she's just dissecting brains all day looking for – um, you know issues mm-hmm. so none of these people are really dealing with the general public but they still felt compelled to go and get their level ones and it, i think it at least educates you in a way to yeah to where you they're talk still to talking people. to patients and Absolutely. like that can happen at any point right any like healthy habits obviously could help the cancer patient you know maybe the pathologist maybe they're not doing a lot of patient care but the emergency sure. room doc for sure yeah i feel like but that's yeah that's yeah sad. you know they're that's not sad. in there to have a conversation about their you know health and wellness when they're walking in with whatever they got going on. Like, you know, it goes on in the emergency room. I'm probably nothing good. Yeah, no, not at all. But I, I think it's interesting and I think it's great that they went and still got that information. Mm-hmm. Um, in talking with, you know, my oncologist, I was asking him how many classes he had on nutrition when he was in medical school. He said he had two seminars on nutrition in medical Oh, yeah, school. they don't even have any it's formal training. It's insane. Right? It's insane. If you're going to study any other animal, the first thing you would look at would be sleep patterns, what do they eat, you know, what are they doing throughout the day? And with humans, we just like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're feeding them, you know, right. three times a day. I mean, that is insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can make that analogy to physical therapists. Like, how much do we get on truly, like, progressive overload and strength training and, like, how uh, important yeah. that is? It's pretty darn minimal. Or what we get on nutrition or we get on sleep. Like, if you're injured and like, you're not feeling good and you're not sleeping well and you're not eating well and you're not exercising, it's probably going to be a lot harder to stay healthy than otherwise. Right? That just kind of makes sense. It's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, again, I think that stuff, which I say a lot, is finally changing. Hence, like, this podcast. Hence, this clinic is doing, you know, relatively well. Hence, your your gym is doing well. Like, that's awesome. So, we just have to hope that it continues to trend in that direction. And if I can just make my small little, you know divot in it, then I'll be be happy for sure. Well, I feel like there's no way to escape that, especially when we're, you know, talking about... You know, physical therapy is a great example. How many physical therapists are there that have you come in and, you know, let's say you injured your wrist and you're just doing like little wrist circles or, you know, you have a knee issue. And and a lot of the physical therapy that we've seen in the past where someone has torn their meniscus or something in their knee, they do go and do some leg extensions and then that's it. There's no like segue back to life. It's just... Yeah, let's not squat. Let's not deadlift. Let's not lunge. Let's not get up off on the floor and get back up. Yeah. Probably makes sense to do those things. You're six weeks of physical therapy and yeah. you're out, and now let's go back to life. And if you have a prescription for exercise, you know, hey, yeah. I think you should maybe go look at. It doesn't have to be CrossFit, Orange Theory, or you know, I know there's a great coach over there. If there's you know F45, whatever they they are, there should be yeah. some kind of segue into that rather mm-hmm. than, oh yeah, just go join your local Gold's gym and good luck trying to figure out how to warm up and cool down and. Strength train on your own. Yeah. Or what to focus on, what what to yeah, yeah. leave alone. Yeah. All things that <clears throat> hopefully, like I said, is slowly starting to change, which is which is a good thing, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Don't get me started on PTs. I don't want to even just go down that road <laughs> right now. You know? It's just it's tough. We just see it a lot. Like a lot of people come in, like, oh, what'd you do with your physical therapist? And you know, so somebody with like a let's just call it a knee issue, you know? And just like you said, and they're just doing like, they're on their back doing bridges or straight leg raises and they're on a bike and they're getting, you know, ice and, you know, maybe a little bit of stretching and that's it. Like what? Yeah. Why? Like I, I don't even understand where the, in what world we would think that that would be a progressive rehabilitative program. Yeah. 
I'm talking like, I'm not just talking like that's the first three sessions. I'm saying that's two to three times a week for six to eight weeks of doing things like that. Yeah. You know, and there's a whole other list of reasons why that's probably happening, whether it's time or energy or yeah. educational curriculum or whatever. Yeah, probably but, just boredom. You see enough patient come through too and you're like, oh, I know this kind of works and I'm already gotten paid for it. So yeah. I might as well just take them through the six weeks. I'll probably never see this person again. So yeah, I can see that also. Yeah. Um, you know, that gets tough in the coaching world when you get personal training clients that have been with you for a long time and, you know, you have to make sure that you're staying on it and making sure that you're sticking with them. Otherwise, yeah. you can get stuck in a rut. Right. And, and that's why we've had also another measure of success because people like you would rather send somebody to somebody like me who's going to be like, yes, please go back and deadlift. Yes, please go back and squat. Yes, sure. like, please go run. Like, don't stop doing those things. You should find a way to, you know, scale back or modify, but you should continue to do those things through can help you yeah yeah I got a question for you from a physical therapist standpoint um, what is it that you think a lot of these gyms could maybe do better in terms of movement um, is there a particular injury you see a lot that comes through that's um, you know got like a common fault to it yeah I mean so n- no right I think kind of what we talked about before the focusing on the progressive overload and really modulating intensity and volume and being smart about that is like number one, right? But I think most gyms either understand that now and are trying to push for that. Um, yeah, I, that's like one thing. I mean, form could always kind of improve. Sure. You know yes. what I mean? But like, as you're like, ah, eh, like, you know, it's almost the exact opposite of what you're saying, where I would like to see more focus on, hey, it's okay to have bad form and like understand that that get your clients understand that their body's actually like way more stronger and resilient and adaptable than they thought and not to like be so hyper focused on it. I'd rather than be hyper focused on how much am I training? How much am I sleeping? How am I, as opposed to like, am I doing this perfect squat? And if I'm not, my knees are going to be trashed or my back is going to be trashed. You know, if I had, this is slowly coming to me, I'm talking it out. I like it. I like it. If I had to do one thing, it would probably do more like awkward movements. Does it make sense? So like I'd rather see more rotation with twisting. Like I'd, you know, everything about CrossFit is probably the only thing I don't like. It's just very, uh, yeah, straight, whatever, like in one plane, right? Like front, back, side to side. So if we can create some, different programs that make them rotate like strongman stuff or you know twisting or things like that i think that would be very very beneficial yeah. that's where people typically get injured it's just like just like runners same thing over and over and over this movement pattern happens all the time and we're sure. not altering that movement pattern so like get into warm-ups get into cool downs make them do some really weird stuff yeah you know what i mean like you know it's what we do a lot in our workshops now is we get in there and we make these crossfitters put a barbell on their back and then bend over and round their back and then twist yeah. and they kind of freak out and we're like no this is okay like sure. you're not going to have perfect form every time and what's going to happen is if you do this stuff now safely with a bar not loaded when it happens and it's going to happen at some point yeah. you're less likely to injured because your body's already been through this and it's a little bit stronger now so that's kind of what i'd like to see a little bit more of that's a tough you know sure. road to go down because i feel like just have to get to that. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather hyper focus on form rather than like I walk into a gym and they're just doing some absolutely crazy stuff. Like, yeah. okay, back off. No, don't take it too far. It's too far. It's too you know far. what I mean? So I think there's a happy medium where like cool downs and, uh, uh, warm ups would be kind of based on some of these just kind of different movements, getting their bodies prepped for just awkward stuff. Yeah. You know? So I like that. How's that? Some yeah. different take, right? No, it seems yeah. to be kind of what we're seeing a lot of now. Yeah. You almost feel like, I see this a lot with my athletes. They're CrossFit athletes, and we've always CrossFit's big thing has been doing other sports. Like you do CrossFit so that you can go out and play ultimate frisbee, yeah. or you can go sailing, yep. or paddleboarding, or which is why we work out to be you know better humans. Exactly. Yeah. But I wonder how many of my athletes now. I wonder what the percentage of the 130 people we have. How many of them are actively doing other sports? Probably not that many. Yeah, so that's CrossFit's like their, their thing, their sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that like rotation factor. And, like, it becomes even more. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's interesting. The difference between like training safely and, you know, and going out and playing sports is you're not like perfectly getting into a squat when you're running on the soccer field. It's going to no. be yeah. not that. Yeah, your knee's going to cave in when yeah. you cut. Like, yeah, sorry. Sure. Yeah. 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 
Dang, we're almost, almost out of time. I got to get through these oh, Spitfire yeah, questions, man. Yeah, <laughs> you went on some good tangents there. I knew it. So, oh, before we do the Spitfire, and I prepped you for this, but what's your definition of health or a healthy person? Mm. CrossFit James Island could could picture their Adonis who's ultimately healthy. What does that person look like, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever, you know. Um. It's got to be all the things. Um, more and more, as a CrossFit coach, you're looking at not just what a person is doing in the gym, but what they're doing outside of the gym. So sleep. You know, someone who's healthy is sleeping eight, nine hours a night. They are doing something for stress management. So they're meditating. They're writing in a grateful journal. They're having moments of solitude, whether it's, you know... Not maybe not listening to your headbutts in a gold's gym. Some, <laughs> some kind of moment where you're by yeah. yourself and decompressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, flexible, strong. You know, that's why I think CrossFit's got a good hold on that. We do a lot of mobility work, and we make sure all that you're the strong. things. Yeah. Yep. Um, good, healthy relationships outside of the gym. Um, if you have a trash or you know, not a good relationship with your spouse or the friends that you surround yourself with, you're ultimately not going to be a particularly healthy person. Um, and that's tough for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, just all around yeah. healthy and strong. I mean, that's, uh, and the sports thing too. People go outside and do things outside of just CrossFit gyms, go and surf or paddleboard. Yeah, or go play, man. Like, use your yeah. phys- physical attributes to do something outside. Cause that's yeah. when it's really fun. Yeah. Um, you don't get so caught up in, you know, Sally having a heavier back squat than you do. If, right. You know, you're going out and kite for you on the weekends. You don't care about what Sally's doing anymore. Right. Um, so. We don't have a lot of time for that in general. That's another tangent we could go on. Just like nobody really does, has downtime. Nobody's like bored and just like, hey, I could go surfing today. Like, hey, I should go, whatever, play lacrosse. You know, it just kind of, it just doesn't happen because there's so much structured time. And like, we're losing a lot of that, even as children and adults. Yeah. All right, Spitfire, ready? Sure. What are you best at? I know. Just hit you right off the bat. <laughs> Bam. Uh, physical? Whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah. What's your, yeah. I uh, back squat the best. I don't know. Uh, maybe making everyone feel at home when we're in their gym. Um, we'll say that. Perfect. What do you struggle with or what do you suck at? Procrastination. Uh, follow through sometimes. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. usual. <laughs> right. We all struggle with that. Yeah. What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? Pick one thing only. Sleep. Okay. Sleep. Sleep. You're way more likely to have make poor food choices if you're sleep deprived. Yeah. And you're going to move a lot less and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it. All right. Some fun ones. Less serious. Yeah. What's your walkout song? (laughs) Uh... My friend used to love R. Kelly's remix to Ignition. I realize R. Kelly is not maybe the best person to. to There's no judgment. Mix. People still like you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to remix to Ignition. Like the music hit and hate the man. That's fine. Yeah. It yeah. Always, it always sticks out in my head. I remember that song. <laughs> the world's greatest. That's another good one by him. Oh yeah. Your favorite cartoon. Uh, we'll go old school. I just like Looney Tunes. Uh, Road Runner. Yeah. Tim. It's good. Last TV show you watched? Uh, Vikings. Last book you read? I'm listening to Atomic Habits, but yeah, clear. Good yeah. one. How can people find more about you and your gym? Where can uh, they go? CrossFitJamesIsland.com, um, and then I think it's CrossFitJamesIsland on Instagram. Um, we're on Facebook as well. I think it's at CrossFitJamesIsland on all, all those places. So cool. Um, yeah. I'll link to it, too, in the show notes. All right, everybody. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. That was fun. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better health care and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments. If you want to find out more about us and our health and human performance clinic, check out madetomovept.com. Thanks for joining us. See you later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. 
And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.